Welcome to episode 11 of Platform. Today, we're going to be speaking to Josh Glowicki. Most people will know Josh has been involved in the Cayenne Project and the Bladen Camps, which have been really successful and have been hosted all over Europe. But before that, he made a name for himself in videos for Aunt Medina and Brian Moore and various other kind of local Texas projects. And then in 2011, he came to Europe with his good friend Fritz Pietzner and they did the Fritz and Glow Invade Europe tour. And they basically just hit up all the major contests across Europe for about a year and filmed, I think it was maybe five or six edits and they were just amazing. He got sponsored by Head and Skate, got turned pro, no, got turned amateur for Razors and then just kept releasing section after section, building a name for himself, making friends all over the place. He went to South America and since that time he's kind of stepped back from pursuing a pro skating career and it's just focused on the blading camps i'm not entirely sure what his status is with razors anymore if he's still involved in the brand or if he's still am or what's going on so just wanted to check in with him because blading camps coming up again in 2021 see what he's been up to see what his plans for the future are and yeah just find out more about his life recently before we do that cue the music <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing good, David. Man, it's been a long time. How are you? You're you're looking well. Thanks. Same for still, you, man. Still get your your yoga teacher look going strong. Yeah, you know, not much changed, huh? except <laughs> uh, just gone a little more deeper deeper into the rabbit hole. But uh, everything's still still the same. Still the same. <laughs> All right. I saw you at a glance at Winter Clash, but you were you were walking off in the distance, and I wasn't running through that that crowd to catch up with you yeah so uh, what a what an event that was eh? did you Oof. did you actually skate at winter clash i don't no 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 you showed up to you hang know, out. A, i showed up to run i showed up to run to run the camp you know because right, okay. uh, because winter clash yo-yo has offered us such a magnificent place you know and opportunity so no it's too dangerous for me you know like i don't i'm not at that point right now to fight through 35 people just to try to make a soul grind you know so well and one of the last times i did see you compete you almost murdered alex burston so there was that 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 that's to date that's two of the worst falls i've seen in competitions have both involved alex um and that one was like the closest call because he wasn't wearing a helmet and you almost landed square on his face and I was eight. Uh, I was eight. Eight wheels rockered down seventy-two mil, and I literally, David, I pulled out Alex's hair from my bearings. That was that. That slam haunts me, and he still shares it, was, it. He still shares that video, and every time I see it, it just takes me back to that. And that's oh, that was a really scary experience. Yeah, that was unbelievable. I know. I know. I almost killed my. I almost killed one of my closest friends. <laughs> 
gosh. And what else? Wait, you said Alex had two. What else? What's the other oh, Alex? He had another one. Um, there was this competition in Sheffield. Uh, oh, God, I think it's called the House Skate Park. And he was coming off a trick fakie. He'd literally just come off the obstacle fakie at like full speed. And one of my yeah. friends from Scotland was just coming off, like, I think it was like a gap or something, full speed. And they yeah. both landed like as fast as they could possibly have been going and hit, crashed into each other's backs. And they hit each other so hard that neither of them could get up. Like they couldn't walk away from it. They both like just crawled into different parts of the park and lay down. And it was heinous. It was so horrible. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. That's it, dude. That 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 was why. That was that's why I don't I don't choose to skate winter clash like anymore. I, mean, it I got the whole day during during the camp. We got the whole skate park to ourselves. I skate then. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you're not getting hit by another skater, you're getting taken out by beer spills on the ground, spectators getting in the way. It's just, it, right. is, it is rife with just, yeah, there's obstacles everywhere. Yeah. And it's a beautiful thing, but, you know, you got to be well-armed and prepared for, for that battle. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely unlike any other competition experience. In ter- it must be just, it must make it so much harder than a regular competition to skate. Right. Right. And, you know, I remember when I was hungry and, and into this whole, whole competition thing, I remember we only got, we only had like 10 or 15 minutes to warm up and it was just like, I mean, normal, there's 300 people competing. So when are you going to have any time to warm up or do any tricks? It's just a, it's a high level of, of everything, you know? <laughs> um, oh, I can only imagine. Um, the last time I saw you was in Glasgow. And yeah. we were at a yeah. bar till God knows what time in the morning. And you were, you, right. were on, you were on a sober kick. So yeah. is, that, is that still going on? Or have you, have you relaxed on those rules? Or what's happening? So when, when you and I met, I was very hardcore. I was very radical. I was super vegan with this crazy beard, with not eating, drinking anything, smoking anything. Um, that lasted about two years. I did about two years really, really hardcore. And, uh, and then I finally kind of relaxed back into life a little bit because uh, I was a little too extreme, you know? Life in, in either extreme, I, I kind of understood, is, is not good. Extreme in one side or extreme in the other side, you know? So I was extremely healthy, but I wasn't healthy at all. You know what I mean? I wasn't eating properly. I, I wasn't enjoying much of life. I was saying no to everything because I had certain, you know, beliefs that I thought were the way to do it. And so, no, now now these days I've pretty much, I still am, and it's still regularly hardcore about my beliefs and 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 how I and my diet and everything but I've relaxed a little bit you know I'll have a glass of wine every now and then with my with my wife or or to celebrate but all in all I'm still I don't drink I don't really like it's nothing doesn't doesn't call my attention anymore you know so I was about to say you know you're living you're living in the south of Spain now you need to take advantage of of you know the the local produce um I did not know you were married when did that happen yeah 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 well it's all still a process you know it happened uh it hasn't technically happened happened but it happened on paper so we're in the process of actually doing it properly because of uh, she's from spain i'm from texas and we both have dramas uh trying to go into each other's countries so we just took care of it you know legally and uh i just i am a person of i believe really deeply that my words create my reality. So I'm very specific how I label things and how I, and how I 
how I say things. So technically, we're not really married yet, but this is my wife, you know. So she is. Uh, she's so like are there my plans wife. for a ceremony or something? It's, or... okay. it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. We're we're taking it slow just because we need to get both of the. We want to get both of our companies kind of secure and get life going because you know we want to we want to move into the next step of life. <laughs> I hear you. Um, so whereabouts whereabouts in southern Spain are you living at the moment? So we're currently about thirty minutes north of Malaga, and right. we are about one thousand five hundred, almost one thousand seven hundred meters above the sea level. So we're in the mountains. Nice. Um, it's cold as hell. We got snow <laughs> in. Where it's it's supposed to snow tonight, they say. But uh, you know, Wani's down in Malaga. Literally, he's he's thirty minutes away, and they have twenty degrees, and they got sun, and they got the beach. So nice. oh, you so just yeah, go straight not, up. Not that far to escape, up. yeah. No, no, no. And it, what's really cool is you know, fifteen minutes from my house, we have this old Arabic uh, Arabic bathhouse. So there's uh, thermal waters right there, right. and then another forty minutes from us, we have the mountains to ski. And then the 40 minutes in the opposite direction, I have the beach and, and Wani and street skating and everything I need in Malaga. So everything you could need. Nice. Basically, we're for us, we're perfect, you know, because uh, part of this, uh, when when I met you, uh, last time I saw you, when when I was, I was obviously in a time of transition, it was all pretty much leading to this point to uh, to really connect more with nature, to really get get back on the land, you know, to start to grow, to grow our own food, to basically to take advantage of as much of the nature as possible, you know. And um, so we, you know, basically we grow right now. We're growing a good seventy percent of our food we grow from the garden. And uh, the only thing right now I have to buy still are 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 grains. You know, I haven't create, I haven't grown a grain yet, but Everything else comes straight from the garden. We make our own olive oil. We had we just made uh, like sixty five liters of olive oil of one hundred percent virgin, unfiltered, cold pressed olive oil. Right. So we we collect all of our water from a spring that's just down the street. You know, I, I take all the firewood from the from the local forest. Like it's just really about us connecting with nature as much as possible. You know, this is this is quite a turnaround from like yeah coming from your americanized you know yeah. cultural revolution background to now it sounds like you're just trying to become as self-sufficient as possible exactly that's the that's the goal it's the end goal and that's we're close cool. huh? we're pretty we're pretty close next year we're talking about getting a couple solar panels and i think the only issue we're going to have is how to run the washing machine that's the only major consume consuming electrical device we have but let's see how far this goes. You know, maybe we maybe we find a, a washing machine by hand, or who knows? You know, I'm I'm not really. Oh, scared. I start going back to that. Going back to the what is it? They have the they have like the washboard, and you go down to the yeah. river. You don't you don't want yeah. that, that's time consuming. I don't think so. I don't think so. But I'm not really scared. I'm not scared of of going back in time. You know, I don't think our ancestors had it so bad as bad as they tell the story. You know. I mean, it's not that it just doesn't leave time for much all else when you're consuming, you know, hours, hours a week doing menial tasks, basically. I mean, it's true. But think about how much, think about how much time you spend going to the grocery store or then, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's mediocre tasks that we, that we do daily that we don't even think about it, but we're wasting so much time, you know? So if, if these tasks can be converted into, into a way of enjoying, you know, like for, 
yeah, yeah. If we can enjoy these small tasks, then in everything kind of works out better that way. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'll give you that. Yeah. So anyways, but yeah, lots of nature right now. It's, it's great. So when are you going to start investing in farmyard animals and check? Wait, are, are you still vegan? Not hardcore, but uh, you know, I play, uh, I'm not, I so actually no, have no fish or anything. I do. I do. This is the thing. Like everything's changing with me. Like I, I was very vegan when we met and I was under the belief that it was like a certain, for me, it was the right belief at the moment, but in now in life, life's changed. And I, I honestly see things differently. You know what I mean? I see now chickens and, and this sort of thing, not as so cruel and crucial and, and, and bad as I used to. You know, I see it now as like almost like a fruit, you know what I mean? An animal giving a fruit and and things like this. It's a long process of me to kind of digest everything. And, and I'm constantly changing and evolving. I'm not stuck in any belief system. So so right now, no, not not vegan, not vegan. Working on say, yeah, if, if you had your own chickens in your garden, you looked after them, you'd know they're being looked after well. And then exactly. they wouldn't be forced to produce anything. It would be, yeah, so. Exactly, exactly. And, and springtime, we're planning on having three or four little chickens. I'm building the chicken coop right now. And uh, nice. yeah, it's... It's happening, man. <laughs> That's pretty cool. All right. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. You'll have to come, you'll have to come visit when you get a chance, man. Check it out. Wani keeps telling me to come over and I'm just like, man, I'm not getting, I'm not getting a week away from father life. That's just not happening. So yeah, yeah. you're busy these days, aren't you? Um, yeah. And now I'm working from home. So it just makes, it just intensifies everything. Cause it's like, it used to be, you'd leave work have some free time then pick up right. your kid and now it's right. you, you leave your spare bedroom and your kids right there. Like, <laughs> like, so there is no, there's no separation. There's no free time. Um, Please. I understand. Huh? So this year has been quite intense for everyone, but it seems like you guys have kind of managed to get away with a certain degree of normality because, well, there's three things I want to talk to you about. I want to talk to you about the Cayenne project very little about razors because I don't know if you've watched any other podcasts, but a lot of times kind of, I knew you wouldn't have watched them. Basically Stefan Brando and John Fromm had a lot to say about razors. So, and they got a good opinion. I'd like to, I'd like to, I'm going to go back and watch both of these. I just haven't yeah. had time, but it's a, it's a hot topic for everybody right now. Yeah. So we're going to slightly lightly touch on that, but yeah, I want to talk about Cayenne project razors and um, blading camp. So Great. let's talk about Great. blading camp first. Okay. Okay. Because it kind of seems like COVID obviously impacted it, but not as much as we would expect because the camp still went ahead. And from what I saw, the media and stuff like that, it seemed like they were still a success. Did they still sell out or? It, honestly, it's a, it was a process, right? It was right. a, it was a wave, you know, but all the weeks did sell out. We were maxed out every single week. Just okay. like a normal year. Um, but what happened is it came in waves <clears throat> because basically <laughs> this really was the most successful year we've ever had of camps um, because of the energy, because of the people who came and because of the coaches, because of everything, you know, you had, uh, you 2020 Joe, was Joe Nils this year, right? Joe Nils and Mary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Mary as well. Yeah. And, and Joe, Joe hats off my hats off to Joe. You know, I, I love Joe for, for so many years since, since I met Joe, I think I met Joe when he was 14 or 15 at Ross Gilda, you know, and Joe was little Joe coming through just 
destroying it and just shredding in his nim skates, just like awesome little Joe. And, and now, you know, and he's, I've been grateful to have him as a friend for all these years, you know, we've kept in touch. We're on cayenne together. So, you know, we did a couple razor things back in the day together and, and yeah. So when Joe came through for the camps, I saw the whole nother Joe, you know, he came, he came fully, fully for the kids, fully for, for I was about to say, he's back. personable. So he, he'll he pretty much talk to it. anyone. So yeah, he smashed it. Niels and Mary smash it always. They're just classics. They're the best. And you know, it was Joe's first time. And this is a pretty intense, it's an intense week. You know, it's, it's six days of, of 15, 16 hour days of people all around 24 seven, you know, with not too much time to yourself, you know, and, and Joe smashed it and he, and he, and he looked like he was enjoying it too. So, so yeah, this was definitely our best year um, energetically when it comes to people being happy. And, and honestly, the, the whole camp project is targeted at children for the first, for, for the, the main idea of the camps is to cultivate that next generation. Right. Yeah. And so for the first three or four years, obviously the first year of blading camps was just a bunch of my friends that I kind of had to please, 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 please come down and help us create this new world for the kids. Because in the first year we probably only had like two or three kids, obviously was super hard with a new company parents didn't trust us you, you, you know it's it's hard yeah. to send a kid somewhere and each year it's gone progressively more and more and more and more kids um at the same time the back to bladers the 30 plus bladers are, are signing up now more than ever as well but for us the the icing on the cake was this year because in the whole drama of the pandemic and the whole world canceling and everybody in Malaga saying, you guys are making COVID parties. You can't do this. You're going to get everybody sick. What the hell's wrong with you? We had the other side of the, of the world. We had parents sending us emails and every parent sent the same message. And the message clearly was, please, 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 whatever you do, don't cancel this week for my kid. My kid is in a, uh, an apartment He's 14, he's 15, she's 16. They're going crazy. They're teenagers with hormones. They need this more than anything ever. I mean, yeah, as a parent, if if, if, I, if I'm looking forward to sending my kid away for a week and then suddenly that's not happening, I'm going to be pretty devastated as well. I'd be right. sending you an email, take my child. Right, <laughs> right. so what do we do? So uh, for Wani and I, for the company, financially it was it was pretty rough because we had so many people cancel we had plant the weeks were planned at at 40 or 40 to 50 riders because that's the new that was the new norm and that's the year before it was super successful everybody loved the bigger group so we said okay let's just try the new groups well this year <clears throat> as it all happened um we had everything registered and planned for close to 200 people right and so <laughs> life plays right the I paid all the reservations and all the all the buses, all the houses, everything on February first of every single year. February first, we put the deposits down and and we get ready for the year. I kind of turn in my final numbers and and then go from there. Well, two weeks after I paid the reservation, two weeks after Winter Clash, this all hit. So we were we just were like it was like a game of poker. We were completely in a hundred percent. 
So basically, we we ran at um, at thirty five to forty percent capacity this year, but we have the experience of the previous two years how to run and make work a camp for twenty. <clears throat> so basically, we just stretched all the numbers as hard as we could to stay afloat to not go into to not destroy the company. I mean, we were literally like one 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 move away two people cancel or something like that and the, and we lost the whole company you know because we were so invested in the year but that's what i was going to ask like i was going to say what adjustments did you make for coronavirus because obviously there has to be you have to be more sensible about it but it sounds like your solution to that was to just reduce the numbers to make it safer for everyone yeah we we <clears throat> so it was funny we had a we had a whole we had black and white here you know, I, I think um, I'm pretty lucky because I'm, I'm in the mountains. So I wasn't in Malaga. I wasn't in the city. I didn't really experience this. Yeah, it's it going to be less here, intense man. in any lockdown. They, you're going to have more freedom because you're right out, out right. of the way, basically. Yeah. And there, and there were cops. There were police on every corner in Malaga, making sure nobody came out of their house. Making, I mean, it's crazy. So <clears throat> I think gr grateful to that experience, I did not have to live so extreme. I kind of had uh, like a horse with blinders, you know, to me, what was happening wasn't so bad. Obviously, I saw the media, I saw things, but I was here in my own world. Marie and I were with the garden. We were in nature. We were, life was perfect. You know, we almost didn't even notice what was happening. So, so, you know, when everybody kept saying, oh, you have to, you have to cancel, you're going to get everybody sick. What's wrong with you? I'm thinking, what the hell's wrong with you? You know, like there's, <laughs> we're fine. We're healthier than ever down here. What are you talking about? So, you know, thankful for my horse with blinders. I, I just steered the course, you know, like no, no way this is going to cancel. No way we're going to lose this project after all of this. And then around, around May, all the emails from the parents started coming in. And the parents were like, I was saying, please don't cancel, please don't cancel, please don't cancel. So Wani and I got together and we're like, okay, uh, how do we do this? You know, like we we're, we have to do this. It's, it's, there's no other opportunity. Like we have um, a responsibility to the community that to keep going. So we played the number game. We, we cut, <clears throat> I called the, I got close with the bus company. I got them to cut the price basically in half for me. Um, same with the house. I got the house to reduce all of our fees, like just basically going, going to all of my partners with my heart wide open saying, look, we're screwed. You know, if we can get through this year together next year, we'll, we'll get this all back. We'll all, we'll all survive together. And, and you know, what, what do you guys need to survive? This is what I need to survive. And I had this. Well, really they're probably cool just they're probably just happy that the bookings were going ahead because I assume exactly. if you don't stay, you don't pay the full amount. You're just paying a deposit or whatever it is. Exactly. And 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 what was really cool is I I've become really good friends with the with the owner of the bus company. He lives in a he lives in the village in the local village with me, or next to me. So I see him quite often, and and he he always was freaking out because every time I'd call him, I'd say, "Hey, okay, Jose, we got uh, now we're with sixteen people. We need the small bus. Oh, okay, Jose, we have fifty. We need the big bus. You know, and, and everything was changing every single day. You know, he's like laughing. He's and at one point he he called me one day and he was like, "Listen, he's like, who the hell are you?" And I'm like, "What do you mean? Who am I?" And I was like, "I'm just a kid from Texas that rollerblades." 
And he was like, dude, everything is shut down. The whole country is shut down. Nobody's doing anything. And you're making all these bookings. You've got all these people coming from all over the world still. Who the hell are you? <laughs> the glow show. I'm just I'm so keeping was the glow cool. show on that the road. Cool. That, kept, that got me motivated. I was like, oh, shit. Wow. And that's what. But then op- that opened the door because he was like, listen, you're the only one making reservations with this with me. So whatever you need to keep afloat, just let's do it. So we came to the conclusion. He's like, I need this amount of money to just to cover the fees. And I said, perfect. I can give you this and then give you that later. And boom. And zero for zero. We cleared it and and we made it. <laughs> it must have also been kind of frustrating because obviously you've said they're getting bigger every year. And from what I see, most recent years have sold out. So you must have obviously budgeted for earning more money than what you did. So yeah. that's that's got to be kind of annoying. Yeah, it it hit us pretty hard, you know, because we're we're living from this now. This is a hundred percent, you know, life is is fully invested into this project. So yeah, I mean, we plan for a lot bigger turnaround, but all in all, it's all good, you know. I I'm good with numbers. I know how to stretch something into something more, and all in all, you know, super happy and 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 lucky that the project is still alive you know, regardless of, of financial success or financial failure for one year, it's all good. You know, it just means you can't buy as many grains. Now you need to, you need to buy less, smaller sacks, smaller sacks. I mean, I just got to rob some seeds from the, from the, from the bioproduce that I have, you know, it's all good. Seeds make more seeds. That's the beautiful thing about nature. (laughs) Um, You kind of touched on it and I was going to, I was going to ask if this is a venture that you're now able to live off, because from what I understand you, you pay for all the guys to go out to instruct, right? Like when Montre and Joe and Nils and like Mary and that come out, you, you're covering their flights. For sure. For sure. We cover. Do they get paid as well? Or how does, how does that all work? For sure. They all have a salary. Everybody has a salary, you know, and um, we try to we try to make it fair. Right. We try to make we have an entry salary for the for first year coaches. And then each year we raise the salary of, of every writer or excuse me, of every coach. So we pay all their flights and we, we pay their salaries as well as every single year we improve it. You know, it's maybe 50 or 60 euros uh, more each year, but at least it's something else, you know. And um, now we've also created these bonus codes to where each coach gets money, more money for each for a rider who uses their code. I so wondered about that because I saw, yeah, yeah, I saw that Joe yeah. had like a discount code and Nels did, and yeah. I, I was wondering how that how that worked. They're smashing out. it. They're smashing it this year. They're all smashing it. So yeah, it's a it's a way for it's a way for us to give them to give them more. You know, and then for us, it works out well because it's like an initiative to promote a little more. If if they're bored, they don't need anything to post. Well, post something about the camps, throw out your code and, and you can make some extra cash, you know, yeah, because I yeah. when I was in Texas, I worked for um, when I was in university, I worked for a tire company and um, I made this company so much freaking money. It's unbelievable. I sold tires and. And the markup and the and the and the return on tires is incredibly large. And I remember like <clears throat> I remember working for this company for like five or six years, and I never made any more money. <laughs> you know, and I thought, 
I thought this is weird. You know, I, I started working with this company making like 12, 13 bucks an hour and I'm still making the same amount of money, you know? That's and kind of strange in a sales job because normally you get yeah. rewarded for high right. sales. That's, right. that's right. the whole point. That's what I thought. I thought they'd give me good bonuses. I thought they'd give me more money. I was actually thinking they'd give me a store at one point because I was like, you know, <laughs> on top. And and it just didn't work that way, you know. I mean, they were like, "Sorry, kid, you're just a kid. You're you're still in university. Sit on the sit on the elevator and wait your turn." And I thought, man, f this, you know, this is not how life should be. So I kind of made a I kind of made a decision, like, con you know, conscious decision that like when I'm running a company or when I'm running things, like people are gonna keep making more money every single year because life gets more and more expensive. My yeah. rent goes up every year, my electricity goes up every year. And I mean, okay, if it's if it's not a, a crazy raise, but at least it's something. It's something to say, hey, I see you, you're awesome, and I appreciate you, so here's here's more. And, and yeah. next year there's there's more coming. Because honestly, that's, that's what, how it should be. At least that's how I want it to be, you know? And so that's what we're doing with the camps. Well, plus it makes sense because it should be a mutually beneficial relationship because if you've got someone like Nels or Montre or Joe who have a big fan base and a lot of influence, right. Right. if you're going to benefit off their influence, they exactly. should get something in return. So if they're, if they're bringing essentially clients into Blading exactly. Camp and customers, they should get, yeah, like that it should work out for them as well. So exactly. yeah, that, that, that does sound, and it's kind of surprising that more, you've obviously carved this niche for you within a niche sport, which is, is very rare. Very few skaters take that initiative and do that. And, you know, Haffy managed to do it with Nitro Circus. Nils has managed to do it like with Rosies and like doing his vlogs and stuff like that. And Joe's managed to do it. Basically, Joe's basically managed to do it without sponsors, essentially. Right. He's got like some right. very small sponsors to help here. But he's basically managed to do it with, with Bleeding Camp, with competition winnings, to the point where you kind of start to think, do we need these sponsorship? Like, is, is sponsorship an outdated exactly. concept? Because if the skater's smart enough, they should just be... I, of course, ideally, we would like blading companies to support riders and right. give them give them some form of security. But there's also a lot to be said for the rider's responsibility in that. Should the rider, if they're smart enough, not be able to find their own way to make it work for them, like like the aforementioned people have? So yeah. I yeah. think stuff like that is good because it leads towards transparency. And now you're exactly exactly. Or being honest about what they're giving the writers they're like exactly. if you buy this product the writer gets this exactly so at least you know the customer knows oh if i buy that skate that person's getting 10 bucks or if right. i buy that wheel that person's getting a fiver whereas before no one knew like right. it was it was support but it was blind support you right. know you were like oh i'm buying montre skate but you don't know how much montre's getting right right whereas well, now you're starting to get an idea Here's a here's a great example for 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 us. When Quinny, Alex, and I were on the Razor team, we used to obviously we used to do tours and did all this together. And we, we had a we had a a run a little a few months where we were getting money per trick, right? Cash per trick. Like, yeah, yeah, I Cash remember this because it was was it was it not like the filmer got something and the skater got something? Is that right? Right. I remember right, this. Right, yeah. Right. It was a, it was an initiative from Andy to to motivate the riders to to skate more, 
which was necessary because, you know, you got to understand his point of view. He, this dude sent, sends people all over and the people just party and sit in an apartment all day. And, and yeah, he needs, a, he needs a return on his investment. He yeah. needs a return. So that makes sense, right? So anyways, but the, but the transparency thing, what we're talking about is pretty funny because we all had a different agreement with the boss. We weren't all making the same. Alex was making one number. Quinny was making one number. I was making one number. I'm not going to divulge any of this information, but this is part of what we have to fix right now. It has yeah. to be transparent. And this is why Julio is the king. This is why John is on top right now, because he's transparent with everything and, and he's honest and it's, and it's only helping him. It's only helping the whole industry, you know, and, and, and Julio is, is a big hero of mine, just not even from skating, obviously from skating, but from, yeah. from how he is as a human, from how he, how he handles his his friends and his family because it's not it's a it's a company but it's a family and and for me the camps and and everything I'm involved with if it's red eye if it's blade life if it's hat on skate it's it's family it's just family first you know it does seem like uh, yeah I've lost count of the amount of people I've spoken to now who John has helped out even though they're not they're not knowingly associated with any of his brands so say they're not yeah. actually technically sponsored by them or whatever. But I'm like, oh, oh, did you buy those skates? And they're like, no, John just gave me them. And I'm like, whoa, okay, John's just, John's like Santa Claus. John Julio's yeah. just handing out free <laughs> skates to everyone. It's um, so good, man. I'm so happy for it, man. It's so, it's about time, man. It's so good for all of us. It's really weird that you kind of touched on it. I, I mentioned Stefan Brando and John from before and their issue with razors is really weird because you obviously haven't seen their podcasts. Yeah, but they, bas they basically summarized exactly what you said. Everyone got yeah. different information, so yeah. whenever writers actually spoke to each other, that's when it all like came to light. It's when it fell so apart. Yeah. John basically was so upset because he was told one thing, yeah, and then he'd speak to another writer and realize that they were told something else, and it kind of felt like Andy was playing them off against each other, and that's what he took objection to because. One example he said was he wanted the, the Corel skate because he wanted to promote it and make an edit. And Andy was like, oh, Corel said you can't have it. But then when John spoke to Corel, Corel's like, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. He's like, <laughs> he's like I, I don't. Yeah, and, yeah. and there was a lot of yeah. instances of that or he'd find out like such and such got a certain amount of money, but this person didn't. And he just, he just felt like he was being misled. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and yeah. That's a, that's a, yeah, that can be a theme with, with, uh, with that brand for sure. Mm -hmm. Are you still skating for razors? I still have skates. Yeah. Yeah. I still have razor skates because I like them. I love them to death. You know what I mean? I haven't really transitioned into anything else right now, but, uh, yeah, I technically I'm still skating for razors, but I don't have much contact with, uh, with them anymore. Um, okay. basically since, uh, all the when all the COVID stuff happened, um, they basically contacted us and said, "Listen, no, no more products. Uh, you know, for that, that's it. That's all. You know, ground. They canceled ground control. All of our all of our budget from ground control got kind of smashed in one day. Joe Zink got got the I remember boot. you was saying like he lost. He basically lost his job doing whatever he was doing for them over it. Yeah. 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 Joe was our our team manager. He did a fantastic job. You know. We haven't had anything like that since Keaton. You know, Keaton was a was our incredible team manager as well. 
Well, he, and well, he basically revived the brand because until then he got it back going. Like, yeah. 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 And, and so basically, you know, obviously with what happened in China, all the factories were shut down. So sunshine had to normal, they had to keep all their products. They had to go to shops and they right. couldn't go out to riders <clears throat> completely. I understand that. Um, but since that moment I have, I've kind of lost touch with the brand and I haven't really made the effort to, to recontact them right now, but you know, let's see what the future holds. I don't, I don't really know. <laughs> all right. I've basically only got three questions about razors and then we can talk about all the other stuff. Cause I've got hundreds of other stuff I want to ask you about. Cool. Cool. When, when you first came to Europe in 2011, it was you and Fritz, Fritz Pietzner, and you guys were just on a wrecking spree. You did the Fritz and Glow Invade <laughs> Europe. You brought out all those sections. You toured like extensively throughout Europe, went to all the major events, basically met everyone that you're friends with now. Yeah. And made a name for yourselves outside of the US. And Andy helped you with that, from what I understand, because I remember you were saying he gave you a list of events, went, go to these events. He gave you yeah. traveling money as well. And it felt like you were on the trajectory to become pro because hmm. you then, I think it was like a year later, you got announced as the Razor on the Razor's Am team. You were bringing out sections pretty much three or four times a year. Like it was on top of appearing in Razor's montages, ground control. And it just felt like you were everywhere like i couldn't see an event without you competing at it like every other month it felt like you were appearing an online edit and then it all just seemed to like like abruptly stop yeah and you were still everywhere like you were still at all the events you were still yeah. bringing out content but you were no longer appearing on their social media yeah yeah you were yeah. no longer getting promoted yeah. and then they announced all the latest pro riders and i was like why why is he not on this? Like, so they had Howie Bennett, Derek, <laughs> Stefan, and John. Yeah. But you were, if anything, you were more recognizable. And they are all incredible skiers. Nothing to take away. But you were more recognizable than all of them in Europe, which is a massive rollerblading market and customers, essentially. And in the US, because you were appearing at all these events, doing all the tours, doing the blading camps, Cayenne Project as well. And it was like, what, it seemed like they were doing everything to push you towards turning pro and then just change their mind. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is, uh, this is all, yeah, that's exactly how it kind of played. But um, I honestly still am not sure really what all happened. I mean, <clears throat> I had, I had the trajectory of the skate, you know, the pro skate was coming out. <laughs> I had it all designed. I was you like, know, did was, I imagine this? I remember yeah. you. I remember yeah. you like showing me like yeah. ideas for your pro skate, but yeah. then you were it never was, officially was, added to the pro team. So what happened? No, no, I, I don't really know if I rubbed uh, one of the managers, the, one of the team managers the wrong way. Um, but basically I received a couple messages um, from, from people inside sunshine that said, uh, you know, some sarcastic messages like, oh, we, we wish the old glow would come back. Oh, why are you wearing a helmet? Oh, stop, stop wearing those weird pants. What happened to the old glow? You know, I think basically when I, when I, when I turned left and everybody went right is when I lost razors, you know? So you because genuinely believe it's like some of it had to do with starting to wear a helmet because no, that's, it's a hel that it's, seems it's a like, helmet. It's the helmet, I promise. Yeah. 
but the the main criteria for selling a skate is popularity and there right. was un like because <laughs> you need a customer base to sell it to right. you can be the best right. skater in the world but if no one likes you or right. you don't you don't have a brand like a personal brand that someone can latch on to you had all that and if anything the weird yoga pants and the helmet made you look more unique because you didn't look like anyone else and no one else was everyone else had ditched the helmets and you're skating around with yeah the wild pants and the helmet with the, like the pom-pom and shit on it but people yeah, still loved yeah. it so yeah, yeah no and, and the skating didn't I mean, change skating didn't change at all you know that was the thing it, it was like i i completely 180 my image because i went from um flintstone skating from the two-wheel anti-rocker <laughs> skating I love it to, when you refer to that like small wheel. You're like, if it's anti-rocker, it's like prehistoric it's fl- blading. It's yeah. Flintstone blading. Yeah. Respect, <laughs> respect, respect to everybody who does it. Like I, I respect it, but to me it's, it's very, it's old school and outdated, you know, but I, I'm also in a different environment. I skate in Spain. I have to skate flat rocker because the streets here are so rough. You know, I'm, I'm a, I'm an animal of my environment. I'm not in the U S anymore where there's perfect concrete everywhere. You know, I'm, I'm in the real world now. <laughs> so, so yeah, Flintstone, Flintstone blading is a, is a real thing and it's really cool. But um, when I kind of evolved my Pokemon went from, from two wheel to four wheel, I, I just went ahead and changed everything because I had the, we were, I was testing the, the big frame, which, which I helped design. Yeah. So I had my big frame demo and I went flat rocker and said, you know what? I'm going way too fucking fast now. I have to put on a helmet because if, if something happens, it's over. You know, if I one fall at this speed, pff, lights out, you know. Because so, you were hitting your head as well. Because t- I'm sure you told me about something in Berlin where you, you smacked your yeah. head and it gave you, yeah. it basically gave you a bit of a scare. What, what happened yeah. there? Okay, so I, 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 there's a clip. I got to find the clip. I don't know where this clip is. I tried to sweat stance a ledge that was really high it was a high ledge and the typical sweat stance my front foot missed and then my body went around the sweep yeah the famous the sweep. sweep yeah and i hit my head nils was there montre was there fred was there richie was there everybody was there the whole crew and i i woke up in a i woke up making jokes you know and they took me to the hospital everything was all i mean i was fine it was just a scare the the following day or then or maybe a week after you know montre smacks his head on a jump box uh, same day, Fred also smacks his head. And then Dave Lang has his brutal head injury. Yeah, that was horrible. Like this all happened within like two or three weeks. And I was with the big frames. I was going really, really fast. I was trying to get back. I was really trying to create a new image of like Chris Edwards. I wanted to start jumping over cars. I wanted to start putting the helmet on and just flying. So you'll see kind of in 2014, 2015, my skating changed. I started jumping into things going really, really, really fast and just jumping, you know, and, and it's kind of what motivated me at the time. Cause I was a tech skater from Texas, you know, a true fish brain, how many rails, you know, how many times that got boring for me, you know? So I had, I had to, I mean, there's, there's only so many times you can true fish stuff and that one in forums pretty unbeatable. <laughs> Thanks. So, so yeah, everything, everything at this point shifted. So I said, you know what, if I'm going to go flat rocker, I'm going to change my look. I'm going to just change everything. And, you know, my heroes, Farmer and, and Haffy and, and, and Alex, that they, they know how to do it. That's what they, that's what you do. You constantly keep evolving your Pokemon or, or you, or you get boring, you know? So 
so that was part of the game. And when I put the helmet on, I lost all contact with razors and I lost all contact with, uh, yeah. Or like, I just got put in a, in a different category. Like I wasn't cool, you know? It just seems really short-sighted on their part, especially after you've basically built up your own fan base, which is what every brand wants a skater to do. Every brand wants, they don't want to create the skater. They want the skater to create themselves and they profit off it. And that's, that's what you did. Okay. Well, in the end, you know what, David, it worked out super bad. It's, it worked out really good for me. Well, that's it. It actually worked out even better for me because my whole fan base is now blading cams. Yeah, like that's you know? that's what I was going to say. You've managed to turn it into a positive because you've went, well, instead of going for pro and begging for scraps and, you know, right. the $10 a clip or whatever it used to be and the, well, I don't even think there is a salary now. Like you've turned it into a sustainable business using your reputation and personality and proven ability on skates to now hopefully encourage others and get them excited about skating. Right. Thank you. Thank you for sure. And that, that kind of was the whole, this was the plan from, from day one. Like when I, the, when I met you, I also met, I met Brian that year. I met Aragon. And I remember the, one of the first conversations I had with Aragon was in France and he was like kind of bitter. He was like, Oh man, I'm only getting X amount of thousands of euros a month and da da da. And I was like, Holy fuck. Okay, You're like, I can get, guys. I can get thousands a month. <laughs> I was thinking, I was thinking, I was thinking, dang dude, like you're killing it. Like you're killing it. But obviously, you know, he had been years with the brand. So there yeah. was something I didn't understand, but it wasn't for me about the numbers. It was just about like, okay, the king of the world in my eyes at the time is unhappy. Yeah. How am I going to last in this, in this company? So from day one, I kind of knew um, I was playing with fire, you know? And so <clears throat> from, from that, from basically that moment of meeting Brian, I just kind of knew like, okay, I, I have to create my own, my own thing. Like, of course, with the support of, of his, these brands and these companies, but at the end of the day, I'm going to be 35 or 40 and they're going to look at more teenagers and then get, you know how just it's yeah, life, can, right? Yeah, they're going to need someone new. younger, fitter. Yeah, that's just part of it. Yeah, and so that was you know another thing with the helmet. <clears throat> the helmet was so important because at this point, like like you said, like I was I was doing all these tours and I was doing all these events, and then all of a sudden it just abruptly ended. Well, it abruptly ended because I chose to stop doing so much for the company. I said, you know what. I'm y'all want to cut the budget so much. Well, that's it. I'm out. You know, I'm going to start focusing on my camps. So this is when I took control of my kind of destiny. And I started to fly myself to Nils's contest. I started to fly myself to Sweden, fly myself to Latvia and create in collaboration with Fred, in collaboration with Nils, in collaboration with Quinny, when different people, we started to do camps and the helmet was the only logical thing to do for camps because all of my it's, fans it's promoting all of safety my, and self-preservation right. yeah everything was kids everything i everything i did for three or four years straight was kids 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 and so you know it, it couldn't be a hypocrite and say kids wear your helmet yeah i'm not because i'm too cool and i'm better than you I'm but you cool. have to you have to wear a helmet yeah so this this is this is the evolution of it all and now now i just love it now i don't feel like myself without it so you know thank the universe that it, it worked out you know it is like it's one of these things that we all as skaters just kind of 
take as a risk going, oh yeah, there's a chance we're going to, but with so many friends in your close friendship group, it's just hit home and become a reality. Like you mentioned Freddie, Freddie obviously started wearing a helmet. Um, don't remind me, I want to ask about him later as well. I want to come back to Fred. Um, okay. But yeah, there's Fred, there was you. Yeah, Montre was hitting his head. And then obviously Fritz at Pow out. Like wow. I, I think a lot of people were really scared that Fritz wasn't going to come back from that. So it's 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 basically become quite prominent within so many people that, that you know and a person like Fritz is one of like your closest friends from growing up. So right. when stuff like that happens to your friend, that is that is a wake up call. Right, right. And at the end of the day, you know, it's it's just you and yourself when this all ends and then when things when you, we all get older and things happen, whatever, it's just you and yourself in the end. So who cares if you're wearing a helmet and somebody thinks you're not cool or who cares if, you know, you have to be healthy and take care of yourself and your family and that's all that matters, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, so. You and Freddie were like joined at the hip for years. Yeah, um, man. You were always staying out there in Sweden. You were traveling everywhere together. He came out to Texas. I remember he bumped his head and then did he break his leg? He broke his leg at a feast, I think at a feast event feast. In, in, Buga, Bo, Bo, in Budapest, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he never, he never came back. Yeah, yeah. He, 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 I, I would say, I mean, I don't want to speak for Fred because maybe we'll ask Fred what happened. But, you know, being a close friend, I, I, I think I can just say he, he lost the, that, that spark. He, was, he lost that super motivation because Fred is such a machine you know, when Fred's turned on, he doesn't miss anything ever. You know, oh, he was an insane park skater. Yeah, unbelievable. And and yeah, I think uh, I think that 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 leg break or knee break or or whatever it was really really scared him. You know, really put him into like, okay, oh shit, this is uh, this is real. You know, so because his his family still have the skate park, don't they? Zero one six. Still have the skate park. He's still working at the skate park. It's still his. Right. You know, they still run it. Um, I talk to him. I talk to Fred pretty regularly every couple of days, you know. And, um, yeah, the skate park still has good growth. You know, they, they go through different waves of scooter riders. Now it's back to blading. Now it's back to scootering. Da, 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 da. So it's a – but it's a pretty big staple for the community, you know. Like, um, he, he keeps a lot of kids out of bad influences and out of uh, – because in, in, in Sweden, in Eskilstuna, in their city, um, it's pretty easy to get wrapped into, you know, shit. And, All right, and, I didn't know that. And, okay. Yeah, it's a pretty, I mean, I don't know. I never saw it. I never saw it too much. But from now that I got older and I kind of look back and see things that we kind of avoided, it's a pretty rough, it's a pretty rough part of the world. Huh? It can be, it can be a pretty rough part of the world. So he keeps, he keeps a lot of the kids, giving them a, a place to to be themselves and to not get sucked into smoking and drinking and the typical, you know, stuff. Right. Okay. Yeah. They've got an amazing facility there. Cause yeah, I remember all the events and stuff. And obviously you did camps there before when it was back when it was like gypsy camp or flight school or what? yeah. 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 I, rem I remember all the names. I remember all the different names. The evolution. Eh? It's evolved. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've got one last question about razors and then I want to talk about all the cayenne stuff. I heard a rumor that razors wanted to make a blading camp skate but you turned them down so it what happened true. there basically 
this was maybe last year and pretty this is pretty new information it's funny you heard eh? um that's yeah, why they pay me the big bucks that's why that's uh, that's i've got the lambo in the in the driveway ah uh, next i want to go for a ride huh? right cool, cool. <laughs> um okay so basically yeah in i was offered at the same moment i was offered uh, a pro skate and i was offered a blading camp skate two different skates um and I was working with uh, with Andy because I wanted it to be something cool. You know, I didn't want it to be like a reprint or I didn't want it to be just like the typical put my face on a box and sell it for six years. I sign a contract and you can use my name forever sort of thing. Um, you know, because <clears throat> I know how it all works. You know, I've been in this company for 15 years. So, um, yeah. So anyways, basically they wanted to just put blading camp logos on on like an SL and and or not even an SL on a shift and and reprint it and and go with it. And I said, you know what, that's kind of like super cool. I love the idea, but I would like, you know, royalties. I would like you at least to pay for three or four kids, you know, that can't afford to come to camp. Let's put a golden camp ticket in the skates or let's put recycled cardboard or let's do some sort of ecological skate with recycled plastic or let's do something that's not just you reprinting on your old stock. And, uh, you know, I just got laughed at and, and that's it. So I declined both offers and, and here we are. Yeah, that... Sucks, I, huh? I kind of thought it would be something a lot. I thought you would be like intelligent and stand up for yourself and say, well, you're not just putting my name and my work on this. I want royalties. But the fact that you actually wanted to make it a community thing and potentially make it something that would benefit other skaters as well, but they didn't see the value in that is quite disappointing because yeah. like you've got roses that are working towards, you know, using better plastics or like recycled plastics. And you've got these other brands that are working towards basically bettering the community and the industry as a whole. And it just kind of feels like that's not their intention at all. It feels like they just don't really see any value in that. Yeah, I think it's I think it's hard. And and it's not really to judge um, Jeff, to, ju to judge Jeff or judge Andy or Marco. You know, they're they're three. They're three people that have their hands completely full. You know, I and I totally understand like Andy's running companies and he's got he's got regular life happening too. you know, he's, life's not easy. Life's, life's got some dramas here and there, you know, so I, I kind of get it, you know, because of the whole stress with this whole China thing and the production stopped on everything and then scooter stuff blew up and then pff, everything just hit the fan at once. I get it. But but yeah, you know, it's not I guess it's because it's not really. I don't want to say that his heart's not in it. I think his heart is in it, but I think at the same time that he's just burned. The guy's been burned too many times from from too many things, so he's super super cautious. Because I I know Andy, and he's a good person. He's done. He's helped people. He's helped. He's kind of like the thing you said about John earlier. Like Andy, for the long time, was doing the same thing. Like Andy helped so many people all over the world in so many ways. But then again if you get burned a hundred times, how many times are you going to keep your, putting your hand in the fire? So I think I'm not trying to cover for him or, or take his back or anything like that, but I just, 
I can see, I see the big picture. You know what I mean? I yeah, kind of understand. Well, yeah. You always have to see it from the other person's perspective as well, because they can be going through stuff or they can have pressures that you're not aware of. So, yeah. But Um, I know for a fact, like, you know, for me, like I had, again, like we talked about earlier, every relationship with Sunshine um, was was the person and Andy, you know, they had their own agreements. And so Andy and I always had a super great communication, super crystal clear. We fight like cats and dogs, but at the end of the day, you know, we ended with a handshake. Everything's cool. Great. We have different opinions, but with respect, you know, and it was always, you know, I it was always pretty cool. You know, I always kind of thought, wow, this is okay, cool. You know, and whatever. And, but at the end of the day, he always helped me. You know, if, if I had, if, 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 if stuff hit the fan, like if I was in the middle of Russia or in the middle of France, or if I was somewhere just, just with, with nothing, I could call Andy and say, dude, um, I'm screwed. Can you help me out? And he would always, always, always send me money. Always, always. So from that perspective, I, I, he's got my respect and he's got, you know, my gratitude forever because the dude really took care of me like, uh, really well, obviously some things didn't go as planned, you know, the skate or the whatever. Well, I get it. But at the end of the day, you know, I, I try really hard to, to see his, his point of view and, and I'm grateful for, for all of his help over the years, because, you know, thanks to him, I met, I met Aragon, I met Dre, I met Horn, I met Matias, I met Quinny, I met Alex, I met all of my heroes that now are my, are my closest friends, you know, and now I have this own, my own skate company and everything's going well. And it's because this dude gave me an opportunity. So I'm grateful, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's yeah. You have to see it from, yeah, the wider perspective and not just your own personal situation. I can only imagine how hard it must have been to turn down a pro skate, though, even if the conditions weren't as you wanted, because I know how much you wanted that, because we we talked about it before, and that was basically what your purpose was. You were like, I want a skate. I want a legacy. I want to like be remembered. And, yeah. you, and now you're going to be remembered, but just in a different sense and on your terms. But it still must have been hard to turn, because who, what teenage kid does not want a skate with her name on it so you know teenage josh must have been like shut the fuck up and take the skate (laughs) yeah no 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 uh it it was pretty hard a lot of my work these days right now is really about uh humbling myself you know humbling myself and and really just being grateful just to even be here just even be in the industry and to to have friends from all over the world and 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 stuff like this because i had a I had a phenomenal run, you know, it's still going, but I mean, like when I definitely still going, yes. But when like the, what you're talking about, like when Fritz and I ran eight months all over the world, every, every week in a new country with salaries, with apartments, like it was unbelievable, you know? And, you know, part of it, part of it is me still handling my teenager ego, you know, my teenager who wants that pro skate, who wants to have a name on a skate in the end, it's just an ego trip for me. It's something that little me wants to have, but it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't yeah. mean that I'm a better skater. It doesn't mean that I'm I'm cool. It doesn't mean anything. It's just it's just a tick on the box that says, "Okay, ego wins another thing." So, <laughs> I'm 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 really I guess this is part of my part of my life lesson is to learn, you know, how to how to humble myself a little more and and be grateful for the for everything that I do have, you know, because I have a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And the skate, you know, I'm still not really 
I still think the skate will come. You know, I have faith. It just might be through different means. It might it might be a surprise, but I think the skate will uh, still will eventually come. You know, never write off. And I think that is a really cool perspective to have on it. That yeah, it's not it's not the be all and end all. And you've done so much more than that with other aspects of your blading. So, um, want to talk about Cayenne Project Quadro? Yeah. Where the hell were you? Where, where like I turn on the video. I watch yeah. it to the end. I yeah. go back to the start, and I'm like, "There's, there's a, there's a certain element is missing from this video." Damn! What the hell happened? Damn. Well, life, life happened. Life really happened. So last year, we when they <clears throat> everything was planned in October to shoot, and basically, uh, my wife and I had just taken our new house. Camps had just ended. Um, I had just taken a job in the village teaching English. So I was kind of in a different phase of life. And we had since we had just taken the house, we're we're in the countryside, we kind of have, I wouldn't say we have a big house, but we have a house that needs to have two people here. You know what I mean? Like we have, it's, it's got to have the fire going and have, you know, keep this place warm, keep it going. And there were certain aspects of life that I couldn't just drop and go skating for a month and again it's another process of 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 humbling my my child my inner child because this was probably the hardest decision and the hardest no i ever had to say in my life you know what i mean to to tell the boys listen i i can't come um but it was just basically like i made a conscious choice that this is this year I need to be here. I need to be in Spain, get Spain really, you know, solid and get the the foundations really well built here. And I can't just leave for a month right now. So it really just was a, was a bad timing on, on, on my part, you know? So, but it sucked, man. I wanted to be there so much, but yeah. Well, you know, are they going to let you go on the next trip after you've already said no? Is that is that a strike against your name now? Do you, do nah, you, if you get nah, two more nah, strikes, that, you're out. You're at the crew. No, you know I no no I I, <laughs> I spoke with uh, you know one one thing that really that really hit me hard this year was was uh, I went to Winter Clash and uh, I saw David at Winter Clash and David came up and gave me a really big hug and he was like, dude, I never realized how important it was to have you on the tour until you weren't there you know he's like we really missed you in mexico you know and for me like david's one of my heroes as well as uh, as a good friend but david also is not really a a man of of many words you know david doesn't really tell many people like hey you're cool or hey i like you or you know what i mean he's 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 yeah he's pretty quiet so that really hit me hard that was really like wow okay wow that's super cool to, to hear like i didn't i didn't realize i had such an impact in the group obviously we've been on four we've been on four tours we've done a lot together but in every video really... you're like the loudest guy in the video what do you mean you don't have an impact? like you can in in so many clips you can just hear you screaming in the background <laughs> i don't know if that's a good thing or, a or running thing, around man. doing this this Jeez. Like... yeah so, so i think that's like everyone needs everyone needs a hype man 
Yeah, yeah. And and that's pretty much what 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 David said, you know, like we missed you this summer. We we felt you we felt your presence when it wasn't there. So, but no, everything's cool for for the fifth video. We're already talking about it and and trying to figure out where to go and how to do it and how to make the budget work and yeah, there's already talks about number 5 and let's see where where to go. We had we had Carson on and he was he was saying that yeah, he he said that there were, there were multiple options that yeah. could have been the fourth video but they said one of the later decisions was to do mexico so i'm assuming there's backup plans that haven't yet been explored yeah 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 i think um you know from my perspective i'm 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 really pushing us to stay in europe i want us to stay in europe i want us to stay in europe and have one video where we consolidate the budget and do it normal <laughs> because you know we drop we drop not, 20k not to, every take every take such move massive risks yeah yeah dude and and it's amazing but at you know at, at five videos now this needs to be from my point of view i i want this i think it needs to be you know it needs to be um it needs to start working it sustainable needs to start, yeah yeah because you know from my perspective i'm 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 not i'm not speaking for everybody i'm speaking from from my perspective so for me to take a month out of life is super hard right now super super hard between the camps between the house between my work here teaching english like everything it's got to be you know i i can't take a month to go have fun and party i mean yeah. i can but i'm not really in that in that level anymore you know i had 9 years of roskilde what what more do i do i need you know <laughs> uh, that's a lot of partying yeah so um, for me, for me, I'm, I'm pushing everybody right now to like really get a brand. Like this is a brand you guys of, of 12 of the most powerful people on in the industry. Like, why don't we put our heads together and, and make something super easy and super, you know what I mean? Like get it, get this thing going. Yeah. There's, there's definitely like unexplored avenues of making things like that pay for themselves like exactly. premieres alone like if you did a series of paid like paper entry like ticketed premieres that's yeah. that means you're not just relying on video sales because people will pay to go to the premiere for the experience for sure. that can be a revenue but for then sure. you can have the video sales on top of it i do think I think videos are underutilized in how they are written. They can become so much more than just a video. It can become, you know, a live experience as well, which right. I think a lot of people right. haven't really touched on yet. Right. And I think also too with the Cayenne, the the Cayenne has created its own community. Yeah. There are some of the the fan base in the Cayenne project is is unbelievable. Is really truly something special. You know, people are just waiting and just waiting for the next one. You know, and they're. There are people also that are buying the books, they buy the shirts, you know, like there is a, it's whether we want to admit it or not, it's, it's become a brand, you know? Of course it is because and, people, yeah, and, people buy yeah. in, buy into crews. Like, yeah. you know, you've, you had the Senate kill team back in the day and it was like a yeah. unit and people wanted, everyone wanted to be in the kill team. And right. then, you know, you had Haitian magazine and they had like their like little group and you know, when you watch those videos, you're like, they look like they're having the most fun. I want yeah. to be in there, and, you know, or like strange creatures and stuff like that. And you guys have the same thing going on. It's like, you, you don't just look like a bunch of random skaters yeah. out filming yeah. clips. You look like yeah. a, a crew that are having the time of your lives. So people, people are going to, you know, emotionally invest in that. Right. It's just been really hard for the past few years because there's so many of us, you know, I, we're 12 we're t in the end, we're 12 people, 
right? So there's no boss, right? And 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 at the end of the day, also nobody really wants to take over and say, "Look, I, all right, I'm gonna take this and run with it. All right, let's go." Because uh, this this is what this is what's so hard about being in community. It's also what's so good about being in community. There's a lot of opinions. You do it all with community, but at the, the end perils, of the day, the like perils of democracy. Right, right, right. And because this is kind of one of the issues we had with the camps, like the gypsy camps, right? When when I met you, the gypsy camps were on fire. We were doing six or seven camps per year in the whole world, in Belgium, in Sweden, in Scotland, uh, in Denmark, in Amsterdam. We were everywhere. And all it, but it was Richie, Montre, myself, and Fred and Quinny. Between the five of us, we didn't have any boss. Nobody took the and reins that's, and that's said, a lot okay. Of opinions. So yeah. Right, right. And nobody nobody took over and said, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this and and we're gonna make this, we're gonna make this something. You know what I mean? Because it that in the end, that's kind of what it takes. That's what John had to do with them. That's what you know anybody has to do. You somebody has to say, okay, this is a beautiful thing we got going, but we need to put it in gear and and create with it. Because in the end, it's just a big party or just like the gypsy camps the gypsy camps were a beautiful thing they worked well but at the end nobody was living from it it was a party it was great kids were learning but we could have been six or seven years ago this could have already been well established but you know what i mean and everything has a time and place so it's just as you get older you kind of see how things can develop really quickly you know and that's kind of what i'm seeing with the with the experience of the camps, you know, I see Cayenne right now, and I'm like, gosh, we are just sitting on gold, and we are just sleeping on gold right now, and we're not doing very much with this. But at the end of the day, there's a lot of factors in it that are that are like legal factors, like you know, putting a company in which country, the taxes on the video, like there's a lot of legalities that have to be solved before we we move forward. And it's like I said, with twelve of us, it's it's hard, you know, yeah, but yeah. it's coming, man. It's coming, you know. Um, you have been, you've got to be one of the most well-traveled skaters currently still going. I mean, you've been all over Europe, the Americas, um, obviously all over the States as well, Taiwan, Peru. I've, I've lost, yeah, I've, I can't, <laughs> I can't keep up with how many countries you've been to. What has been... What's, what's been like the most eye-opening one you visited? Which which country have you visited and just been like, this has changed me. I feel like a different person after visiting this place. Or what's been cool. the kind of most intense experience? Cool question, man. Cool question. I think um, being from the States, one of the most intense, coolest, and eye-opening experience had to have been Russia. Had to have been going to Moscow and then a few years later going back and then a few years later going to Siberia because uh, I was lucky to make summer camps in Siberia as well for, you know, for three, a good three years. And yeah, for me, Russia, Russia to, to see just a whole new perspective, you know, it's a completely different world there. You know, they live differently. They see the world differently. It's very community. You know what I mean? It's, Obviously, I, I can't say like, oh, it's the best place because I, I, I realize politically it's got its it's got its things going like everywhere in the world. But I was really impressed with Siberia and, and with Russia and, and 
just blew my mind. So cool. So, so, so cool. I thought you were going to hit me with going to the, didn't you go to like Inca ruins as well at some point? Have I imagined this? What's Inca ruins? Like, like, um, like the, didn't you go to like the big, uh, big pyramids somewhere? Um, ah, yeah. And we went to Cusco and Machu Picchu. Ah, yeah, that was yeah. it. Yeah. I was, I was, oh, yeah. I thought you were going to like hit me with one of those this, be like, this, this was a spiritual experience. Well, this is another story. Yeah. This is another one. This is a very, this is the reason I am vegetarian was for, was from that, that experience. Yeah. 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 That's when it all started for sure. This was, this was, um, 2014 when we went, uh, Richie, Dominic, Fred, Peterson, the whole crew, we went to Peru Richie, Richie just dropped his Richie Eisler in Canada. It got a million views. Oh, we were yeah. watching. We were just hitting refresh on the YouTube. Oh my God, five hundred thousand! Oh my God, eight hundred thousand! A million! We were just we were on the rooftop in Peru watching it blow. And wow, that was a that was a cool moment. So we celebrated by going to Machu Picchu, and uh, and yeah, we we met some rollerbladers that took us in. That um, yeah, that took care of us. That showed us all the temples and really just eye-open experience as well but that's a that's another level you know that was a another journey right there <laughs> the moment Very the cool. moment when richie went viral right okay <laughs> how many times has richie gone viral now this, this guy this is, is unstoppable yeah, yeah. Okay. um you've obviously also had some scary experiences so i remember one where you you and nils got beat up by the police oh. um where was that was that Pol- where did that happen? Poland or? Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That happened. You get your ass kicked by the police. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was that was that was the moment, Dave. That was one of the another big moment where I said, "Why do I? Why am I? Why am I drinking? Drinking <laughs> is so stupid. Why do I do this?" What? Yeah, yeah, that was in. Was it you're running over police cars or something? Or running over cars? No, and was a police we, car or something? Or, <clears throat> I can't remember the the details. Let me just. Oh, I really, I really get embarrassed to talk about this, but um, yeah, we were, we were in a group of like 30 skaters, right? And, and um, it was like this kind of mob, mob skater mentality, mentality takes over. Yeah, <laughs> of like, but like, but like, I'm talking like astronomical energy, like astronomical levels of, of vibes of energy of super, everybody's super happy. Nails just arrived from Latvia, you know, I was from Texas and it was just like, we were just, it was just wild. It was a wild testosterone everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere, everywhere. The night before the event, you know, and, and yeah. And yeah, one thing led to another and we, we, we had too much to drink and we went silly. We just went silly. Bad news. Out of all the places you've traveled, there like has have there been any other like close calls or scary experiences where you've thought, God, we're kind of lucky to like survive that that incident? Because you've been to some, you know, pretty remote places or play and essentially some pretty lawless places as well. <laughs> where, you know, have have there been any other conflicts or confrontations or things that have happened where you just thought, holy shit, I feel pretty vulnerable right now? You know, honestly, no. Uh, I we I've had some close calls. I've had some really awesome luck. I've I've had police officers be my friends when I think that they don't want to be my friends, or when I've done something wrong. And I I really have just been fortunate, you know. And and I can attribute this to really uh, 
I just believe in, in energy and I believe in vibes, you know, and, and when I go and when I travel, you know, I go with the purest intentions, you know, to learn, to create, to, to understand a different perspective. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not going to a new place like, Oh, here comes the American, give me English. You know, I'm, yeah. I, I'm deeply immersed in every culture. I'm, I'm trying to learn Russian when I'm there. I'm trying to learn French. I'm learning Italian. Like I'm trying to respectfully, you know, be part of, of a culture that I'm that I'm visiting so I think with this perspective uh, the universe is taking care of me in a lot of these places because I've been in some really sketchy areas I've done some really silly things and and you know gotten away pretty clean you know with like a pat on the wrist or don't do that again or ha 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 so yeah, yeah, yeah. No lucky, lucky boy here. That's for sure. <laughs> I, I think that's got a lot to do with your outlook and your kind of positive persona that you give off. Because if you if you go around with a negative outlook or being you know kind of self righteous, you, you're going to get bit in the ass for it. That's it's just going to come to you eventually. It's just karma. For sure. Whether you for believe sure. in that or not, it's just if you act like an asshole, you're going to get treated like one eventually. But right, you, right. And but if- you don't seem to approach, you know, navigating the world like that. No, I don't. Uh, no, not at all. Not at all. And I and I have to say, like, I do. I do really believe, like, the what would you say the the thief and the victim are are two of the same coin, right? The 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 victim has to put out this energy of like fear. Oh my God, this is dangerous. Ha la la. And and then the thief or the the person who's mugging this person or whatever would happen, obviously picks up on this, you know, and can easily, oh, there's a target, boom. So energetically speaking, like if you don't give off this kind of stuff, then you're not gonna, you're not gonna get it. You know, you're gonna get the other, you're gonna get the old lady who wants to give you dinner and bring you inside her home and cook and cook y'all her, lo- her, her local, her local dish. You know what I mean? Like it's, I mean, it's what I believe. I don't know, I can't really prove it, but it's just what I've lived, you know? I think that's a positive outlook to have. Hmm. Over. So you've, you know, you've mentioned this and we've spoke about it before. You mentioned Sizemore earlier saying that, yeah, he was someone that you looked up to and then you became close friends. I remember we were talking before about how you basically used to like idolize Richie Eisler and then he became one of like your best friends. Has there been anyone else like over the years that you just met and you've got thought, God, like I have like this massive connection with this person and it's just kind of taking you aback by how closer friendship you've developed with an individual in Bladen because you've obviously met pretty much everyone there is to meet in skating. Yeah, you know, I'm constantly impressed by by Montre. You know, I think Montre is one of my closest friends and still one of the people that I'm like, wow, Montre is my friend. You know, like that's cool. That's really cool. Because yeah. I'm, I'm from a smaller village in Texas, you know, so for a little Texas boy to get up and get out and get around is to me still a really cool, cool thing to look back on, you know? So yeah, Trey, Richie, I mean, it's pretty much all of, uh, I've had a lot of heroes that have become my friends, Nils. I looked up to Nils, even though I'm older than Nils. I've, I've looked up to Niels for a long time, you know, just how he is. He's been around he forever plays. though. Yeah. Yeah. You know, at 14, he was, he was on top, you know? So, so yeah, things, life is fun, you know, like, um, 
John, I'm, I'm starting to have a little bit of contact with John. And that for me is like a, another dream come true. Like, wow, I'm, I'm talking to Julio. I think the, the um, boss, the boss, man. the boss, the president, I think, yep. okay, here's a cool one. Here's a cool one. I used to growing up, I had a, I had a photo of John Ortiz doing a Soyal in his oxygen skates, right? right? Big oxygen skates and John with the Soyal, right? With his big old lips, John Ortiz lips. Yeah. What up, John? And um, so, yeah, John was a hero, hero, you know, of mine from when I was an high. And the first year of camps, John sent me a message on Instagram and he said, wow, I, um, what you're doing looks so freaking cool. Can I help? And I was like, what? Uh, huh? <laughs> and the door just opened up and, and John has become one of my best friends as well. You know, I went to New York and stayed with him. He comes over and visits us whenever he got, whenever he's got time. And now he works with the camps as well, whenever he wants to. And it's just like, yeah, it, this is a wild industry where, where our friends quickly can, our heroes quickly become our friends, you know? <laughs> yeah, John. John is everywhere. Like he's. I know he does. Um, he does. I think he he teaches skating in in New York yeah. as well, doesn't? For what yeah. are they called Go Sports or something like that. So John runs. John has a partner, Ray Mendez, and yeah. uh, Ray and Ray and John um, run a. I guess it's a company. They run a company in New York, and they teach inline skating programs with um, a really famous hockey player who is named Mark Messier. Played for the New York Rangers back in the nineties. Right. And um, so basically, um, they work together with Marc Messier, who, who um, basically wants to put a lot of people on ice skates, right? So okay. the first step to people ice skating would be to teach them how to inline skate. Yeah. So they developed a program with, uh, with, the hockey, with this hockey player, how to basically get people in the Bronx and in Brooklyn and all in lower Manhattan and all these New York schools, how to get them kind of skating and eventually onto ice skates so that uh, they, they can kind of be a part of this, this new community that they're, that they're creating. And well, they, they absolutely are smashing it in New York. They put three or 4,000 kids a day on skates John's got so many 10 to 12 employees. They run, they run classes in, in the New York school system. So they have like three or four P, like uh, PE classes or, or gymnasium classes per day, 45 minutes per day. The kids run, the kids come in super excited. They put on their knee pads, they put on their skates and boom, they go. And um, they have, they have all their instructors certified insured and licensed which is like yeah, for skaters farmer got his big deal yeah, farmer them, yeah. julian's got it as well farmers yeah. got it as well so you know john and ray are smashing it they're doing a great 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 thing for for everybody you know so mad props to them yeah and he's, he doesn't seem to age as well he still just looks very young and he's still skating and he seems to be everywhere like you see you yeah. see, i've seen him at blading camps yeah and you see him just he'll just pop up in random videos like blader gang videos and stuff like that and he's just <laughs> always he's always somewhere in the background yeah yeah john's um, the best dude john's the best i really um, love john that is pretty crazy yeah um also randomly I remember a while back you met Bam Margera out skating in Malaga or something or a ditch yeah. or something. What, yeah, what was the yeah. story? Funny about? story. What happened there? <laughs> or like you were helping um, him sweep a ditch or something to skate? 
Talk, tell the story. This is funny. So Jonas was here and we were working on, uh, we were working on a project. Uh, it was the Elite, Elite series. series. Yeah. Yeah. So Jonas hit me up and he's like, yo, I got a bunch of new camera gear. I don't know how to use it. I want to learn how to use it. And, uh, and it's cold. And I said, oh, come on down, bro. Come down to Malaga for a while. Hang out. It's warm here. We'll skate. You can learn how to use your new gear. And, and then we'll, we'll just play, you know. And Jonas is a, is a great friend. So whenever he's got time, he just comes on down, you know. So Jonas came down. And we, he came down with, a, with an idea. You know, we had like nine or ten days to shoot a project. It was going to be the Elite Series, the start of it, da 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 Well, how did this happen? We were... Okay. I had found um, a couple of spots on Google Maps, and we had never been there before. And one of them was this like um, alien sort of dome tunnel that looks like a futuristic Star Wars spot, right? So we went to this tunnel, and yeah, as we were walking into the tunnel, there was this uh, dude with a beard who had a friend, and um, and then uh, a, a woman who was who was there, and they were all skateboarders. And, you know, growing up, I didn't, I didn't watch MTV. I didn't watch any of these television channels. So I didn't know who this guy was. To me, it was just like a, a random kind of larger dude skateboarding. And I'm like, and, and Jonas is like, oh my God, that's Bam Margera. And I'm like, who the hell is Bam Margera? You know, like, give a fuck. <laughs> and uh, that, that, chub, that chubby guy with the skateboards. Someone yeah. famous, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because the dude wasn't, he, okay, the story is Bam was on a comeback, uh, right? I, 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 see, I, I know Bam's side of the story because I've seen, like, I used to watch Nine Club interviews and he uh, basically said he went to Spain to lose weight and uh, he, he was an alcoholic, so he went there to, like, detox. Um, and he basically said he would just walk up mountains all the time because he was like, if I'm going to get back to pro skateboarding, I need to stop being so fucking fat. So yeah, he, yeah, would, yeah. he would climb mountains in the middle of the day to lose as much weight as possible really quickly. Wow. But then wow. around that time, you posted That's up an Instagram thing being like yeah. cleaning ditches with Bam Margera. And I was like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because and at the end of the day, when because at, at the end of the day, the dude's super cool. Like, I don't know what happened in the past because... Jonas was saying this guy hates rollerblading and da 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 and jackass. He's, and he's, I don't really know the done, story. Yeah, he's he's quite famous for it, yeah. Okay, but at the end of the day, when I Jonas and I were filming a clip in this ditch, the dude was super helpful. He was super cheering me on, like, "Wow, dude, this is awesome! Holy shit, you shred!" Blah blah blah, like mad cool, you know. And even like even Bam was cleaning up spots for me. You know what I mean? Like he was he was a nice guy. You know, like I said, I don't know the past. But in this moment, you know, I can't judge him. He was cool. So uh, he's still kept up. He's got he's got a massive skate park in his house. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Right on. Well, anyways, the cool story about Bam is he gave me a list of spots in my own right, city. Okay. Yeah. 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 Because he showed me a photo of this. I don't know if you remember, but on the on my Elite series, one of my enders, I drop into this huge bank. Yeah. And yeah, at the yeah. very end, the bank goes and kicks me out. Well. This is a Bam Margera spot. Bam found this and gave us the spot. And he said, dude, I was at this spot yesterday and he took off his shirt and he just had road rash. And he's like, this spot destroyed me. And I was like, oh, dude, I'm going tomorrow and I'm going to do it. <laughs> I'm going to do it first try. <laughs> Maybe he was setting you up for and a fall. Maybe he was like, I've ate shit on it. So it's your turn. 
I mean, he was like, the thing is, is like, we had a cool connection. He was, he was a nice guy, you know, he yeah. gave me spots and, and I was impressed. Cause I was like, dang, dude, I live here. How do you know all this cool stuff that I haven't been able to find? You know, he's got all the connects so, though. He's got all the he's local, got the he's got the local, like, I imagine there's people just all over the world helping him out. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, yeah. That was a pretty cool and random story. Uh, that was cool. Yeah. yeah. I forgot about Bam. Yeah. And all in all, all in all, we, we ended up seeing him a couple of times, you know, we saw him like two or three days out filming and it was random, you know, it wasn't like, Hey, let's meet up. It was yeah. just, Oh, you're here too. Oh, okay. Small world. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of strange when stuff like that happens. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was pretty cool. So the cool thing is he likes skating. Huh? I mean, he likes, he liked our skating at the time. So maybe I mean, he's, yeah, he's older. Training. Like, I think a lot of that stuff obviously was when he was younger and, you know, skateboarding, like like any extreme sport, is basically very toxic masculinity fueled because it's yeah. like, yo, like, we need to be harder. Like, you know, especially during that era of, remember rollerblading back in like the early 2000s? It was the jockeyest shit ever. It was like, if you're not true. throwing yourself off a roof, you're a wimp. So yeah, 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 true. I imagine there was, it wasn't too dissimilar in skateboarding and it was like, well, roll, look at roll, like, you know, let's yeah. make fun of that because it's yeah. easy to make fun of so yeah and um, i assume he's probably grown up since that time and maybe doesn't have those same views i don't know but yeah, yeah. it's cool yeah. that he was nice seemed super cool though us and that was nice to i was surprised that's cool i did later google him and see oh it's the guy from jackass okay <laughs> oops <laughs> Yeah, I don't even know how recognizable he would have been at that point. Like, if he'd put on loads of weight and he was rocking around with a beard, even if you did know who he was, it might take a minute to register. Yeah. Yeah, no, I remember Jonas. Jonas was like, that's Bam. Bam. You're like, Bam. Bam who? Bam, Bam what? Who? <laughs> <laughs> um, he would probably like that as well. I imagine if you get that famous, you'd probably like it that people don't know who you are because it's probably a And that's what he ass. told me. That's what he told me. He's like, I he told me he had to leave. I think he said California. I think he was living in Cali. He's like, I had to leave Cali because I couldn't go to any skate parks to train to get back to my old self, to be get back to my pro level, because everybody would just mob me everywhere I go. And I say, Oh God, dude, okay, I get it. So he came to Spain so people would leave him alone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> more, more reserved Europeans that just, you know, look on from a distance. Yeah. Um, so we've covered pretty much to a modern day. So I guess the logical question now is what's next for you? Because obviously I know you've got the, you've got blading camps planned for, is it early next year or when, yeah. when's the next one? When are the next ones? So the, the camps run, um, 2021 will run in July and August. And now we have a big, a new niche is this back to blading, uh, kind of, we call it big kids week. So the older generation of, of bladers is just exploded right everybody who's skated when they were 15 and 16 are back again skating and they all are looking for community again and they're looking for somewhere to relearn to regain confidence and and so in the last year we've had this explosion of older bladers coming back so we'll run we run older big kids weeks in september where it's normally just people over 18 over 20 and uh and then our normal summer camp weeks are yeah through july and through august of of 2021 so super good that's pretty cool and what a lot of people are going to want to know is when are we going to see fresh josh glowicki food 
Is it going to yeah, be a so section? Right now, is it going to be just footage in a project? What what are we going to see and when are we going to see it more importantly? So two, there's two things in the work right now. There's a project I've been working on with Richie, which we've filmed for the last two or three years. We filmed in and out of... Was about to say his, his full-length video that no one believes is ever going to come out. Yeah. I'm hey, sure there I've was even it. finished parts I've of it before. It. Yeah, I'm sure someone someone's told me this this finished yeah. this yeah. Well, it's it's coming. It's coming and it's three I have three years of footage in the video. There's Richie's got five to six years, notes got two sections, uh Takeshi's got a street I, section. I was about to say one of the Yasu, Yasutoko brothers has has street footage T- in it, doesn't he? Takeshi yeah. Takeshi section it's so good you would not you're gonna love it it's that's the thing when when richie drops it it's gonna it's gonna be worth all the time but so that that section's coming out um we filmed a lot in barca we filmed a lot in russia uh just basically all the time we had together when we had a little bit of downtime over the last you know four three four years and then um i'm working on a project here right now for my new wheel for the wheel that just came out for red eye okay the red eye wheel so I've got probably half of that section filmed right now, and I'm doing it on a phone because phone footage seems to be the easiest way to do it now. And it also is kind of new and fun, a new way of, a new perspective of it all, you know? So going to do a, a phone video and see how that goes and drop that with red eyes. And then, um, yeah, pretty much Cayenne 5 will be the next, hopefully, crazy high-quality section video footage that comes out. And then, yeah, lots of camps and getting sustainable. My my project right now is to become sustainable. <laughs> Self-sustainable project. I Self-sustainability. Um, um, my wife and I are getting ready to go to Colombia. We'll spend uh, nice. we'll spend uh, about a month in Colombia in January, and then we'll we'll go to Costa Rica after that. And we spend about two weeks in Costa Rica, and then hopefully some time in the United States since it's been super hard to go to the States since all of the drama happened. Uh, I need to go, I want to go see my family and, and say hi. And, and before everything gets, everything here starts kicking off again in May. So right now is my downtime, my time to get really organized. And, and, um, and we launched, uh, we launched camps registration two days ago, three days ago. And it went, it went mega exploded, exploded again. You know, and we're still, we're shaking our heads. We don't even know what to do with all these people right now. <laughs> that's cool. Hey, that's, yeah, so, that's great news. First world problem. I don't know how to organize everything yet, but at least uh, everybody, you can see how inspired people are to do something. Yeah. You know, oh, especially after the again. year everyone's had, people just feel like caged animals. So they're like, exactly. just let me out of here and have some experiences. Exactly. Yeah. So that's cool. So that's really cool. So that's kind of the future. The future is, uh, I'm going to plant a grain. I want to plant corn or maybe lentils or garbanzos and see kind of what happens. Cause if we get a grain, we will be sustainable. And then, nice. uh, and then, yeah, lots of skating, skating when I can, I go down to Malaga two times a week and skate with Wani, skate with the crew, film a little bit. And yeah, it's pretty chill right now. That's cool. Nice. <laughs> I've asked you about 200 questions and we've probably been on the phone for almost two hours. So have you got anything else you want to say before we wrap things up? Well, I just would like to say thanks to you. Thanks for taking your time. Thanks for opening up this new platform for, for, for us to have a voice. You know, I think what you do with wheel scene, how you take care of your local community is a beautiful thing and you've been doing it well for a long time now. So 
my hats off to you david keep it up man it's you're doing good really scary it's almost it's almost a decade now that's really um that makes you feel really old yeah it's it's, it's cool though brother it's cool <laughs> keep it up it's what it's i mean it's, it's what we need it's what your scene needs it's what the locals need it's doing good you know well, I'm really glad you're doing well. You look well, and I look forward to hearing how this how this grain project goes. I'm I'm expecting to see you know storehouses full of full of produce. Hey, I'll I'll let you in. On, I'll let you in on a super cool secret. We are about to launch Blading Camp Olive Oil. Okay. <laughs> because because we have it. It's 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 from the Blading Camp house, from where we cultivated the, all the trees. And it's it's Blading Camp olive oil, and it's 100% ecological. It's the trees that we take care of, and yeah, we're gonna we're totally going green in this whole step by step. It's all gonna happen. I'm not really gonna try to push it and sell it, you know, outside outside to many people. But we're gonna have it around this year at the camps for to give to parents and stuff like that. I was gonna say that'd be pretty funny. It's like yeah, the parents are like, oh, oh, you're back from camp. What did you get? And they're like olive oil, and the parents are gonna be like, what? yeah excuse me yeah. and they're like yeah they make yeah. their own olive oil and they're like yeah sorry like, what yeah just confusion yeah. it's the south of, it's the south of spain man there's that's just how we do it here you know yeah, yeah that's pretty cool <laughs> so yeah just stuff like that i i would i would definitely like to shout out to to blade life to greg from blade life because he's he's become a good friend of mine in the last few years and he really really helps um helps us with designing a lot of the camp clothing and he makes sure that that we always have really cool and exclusive designs for the for the small pieces that we make for for blading camps and and his collaboration t-shirt that he made was so cool so so yeah, cool so I've, and, I've got one in my room yeah oh you got one thanks yeah, david got, got, yes the brother. blue with the blue with the purple design yeah. yeah yeah i got that one too i love yeah. it i love it but the way he does things he does things in in a in a manner that i really really respect and i've, I've learned a lot from um in, in the last few years you know he makes everything small numbers really exclusive and cool and he doesn't do he doesn't do second runs most of the time and to me I, it's just really cool you know so he's taken me kind of under his wing and and he's given me a lot of support over the last few years and and i'm grateful for it and and yeah so shout out to, to blade life the dude's awesome and you know we should definitely support him as a community he's doing great great stuff for the skaters nice well I've got nothing else, so I'll let you enjoy the rest of your afternoon. And yeah, can't wait to see the new footage when it comes out. So get Heck get yeah. get to work on that pro wheel promo. Get to work, I will. I will. <laughs> Thank you, David. I really, I really, really appreciate talking to you, man. Cool yeah, questions. Man, nice, cool, nice to see you again. Cool vibes. Good. Good to see you again. Hope the family's good and safe. You know, and y'all are are all welcome to come down whenever you whenever you got time. Just come together. You know, you got a room upstairs. We got we got a house that can can host that can host you don't worry about it just come get on down her daughter to you. work get her get her plowing yeah get her well you guys come down <laughs> next year you can help us pick all those baby <laughs> <laughs> right okay. i'm gonna leave you to enjoy the rest of your day speak soon thanks david have a good day brother bye